0: The really good, and then we went through decades of service, and God's people got a little bit bored with service. as a matter of fact, you remember last week's sermon that the verse that they, we talked about is they said, What a weariness, okay they had just been serving God for so long they had forgotten how important it was and what a privilege it was and book of Malachi is a book where God describes nine things that displease him about their behavior and we had talked about the fact that how important it is for us to understand that not everything that humans being that human beings do pleases god not everything that christians do pleases god okay that there are things that god upset is upset about in the first one he reminded us you've forgotten that i love you but he also reminded us there are certain things in this world that god hates and this is important for us to understand because there is this underlying demon-led idea that God just loves everybody and everything. And that no matter what you do, God loves it and God loves you. And God declares very clearly that that is not true. As a matter of fact, we know that God in Proverbs says, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination, that he talks about he hates sin, that he doesn't, there are things that God doesn't appreciate. Okay, and this book of Malachi, God is pulling punches, Uh, not pulling punches, he's laying it straight out. And today, he does the same thing. Uh, We're talked in sunday school about the privilege it is to have the blessings of god and that they're conditional that if we are to hear god and we're going and we obey god that he's going to bless us in a lot of things but here in chapter two of malachi uh god has a little something else to say so i'm gonna read the first two verses and have a word of prayer and then we're going to look at um god's thoughts here today malachi chapter two verse two uh, verse 1 and 2. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory to my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please uh, be with your word today. Thank you for the songs and the privilege it is to lift your name up in praise. Lord, uh, it's an amazing thing to remember what you have done for us. Father, I, I am just so thankful that at one point in my life, you opened my eyes and my mind to the fact that I was a sinner, that I needed you. And Lord, that you have provided a way to take care of this thing that separated me from God and allowed me to become your child again father you dealt with my sin and now i have a relationship with a heavenly father through the son jesus christ amazing and father that comes with privileges amazing privileges and lord we know that thank you so much for the blessings but father it's conditional and lord we're looking at that today we looked at it already in sunday school we're going to look at it again here this morning that you expect certain things from us as we represent you in this world and so father uh, some of what we're going to look at is serious but lord i think too many times christians around this world in churches around this world preach a fluffy truth and we need to realize how important how serious how dangerous it is To not take you seriously at your word. And so, Father, be with my mind. I am not the teacher. Your Holy Spirit will guide us in what we need to understand. But, Father, at the same time, I pray that you would uh, help me as you've laid things on my heart this week and that I can put them out there clearly so that uh, you could use them to touch each one of our lives. Thank you, Father, for the ability to sit together as a family and learn. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God reminds us, and this is the key to the whole thing again. In the Old Testament, God spends so much time laying out this idea uh, about the priesthood. Okay, and uh, we as Christians need to realize in our time period that we live in that you and I are now His priests. Okay, and we have, I put a couple of verses just as a reminder. In the New Testament, believers are now priests. Revelation says, "He hath made us to be kings and priests unto God, His, uh, his Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever." amen what does amen mean so be it lord okay so he has made us to be kings and priests and god and has made us unto our god kings and priests that we should reign on this earth we are now the priests. now again understanding what priests are priest was the go-between you needed to go to a priest to access god Okay, we don't need that anymore because we have one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. When you trust him as your savior, he plugs you in direct access. We have the Holy Spirit which comes in and dwells us, and we can go boldly before God any moment of any day. We do not need a physical priest anymore. We have become the priests. Okay, Now, that is imperative to understanding a lot of the Old Testament. Because a lot of the things that God has, was telling his Old Testament priests, he still wants it for us. It's just we don't have to do it in that same manner. We don't have to go to an altar and kill something because the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. Okay, we don't have to go to a special building. Okay, if this one burnt to the ground, we can set up chairs right in the hole that's left and still have church. Amen? We don't need to have a physical priest. All those things were a picture of something he wants to do in me. Okay? Okay what know you not your body is the temple this is now the building i meet with god in okay what the blood has cleansed this place okay and now i am a priest so thank you pastor for that review for all in the church and yeah i heard that before look at verse one and understand why this is important and now O ye priests this commandment is for you he's making it very clear this is not for the heathen world this is not just for your run of the mill run of the mill Israelite. He said those who are in Christian service serious about God, I am talking to you. So I hope that's you today. I hope you're one of God's priests and you understand the privilege that it is to be in his service. Well, God is not talking about the sinful world when he says what he says here. He is talking to you and I, those of us who are dedicated to serving god he says um i'm gonna curse your blessings now that doesn't sound good to me how about it sound good to you but i want us to understand that there's a seriousness to this privilege that we have and god's been laying it out so far clearly and he's doubling down said you priests you who are serious about serving me You better understand something. Now look at verse 2 again. If you will not hear me, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory to my name, saith the Lord of hosts. God starts talking about this idea of why he would turn our blessings into curse. Now I don't know if we went... Keep going, next slide. God has turned... uh, can turn as he turned it number one if we're not listening now we talked about this in deuteronomy chapter 28 in the beginning and we'll be in deuteronomy chapter 28 in a minute that this is a conditional promise if you will not number one hear my voice now i talked about that there are many people in this world how many of us have run into them how many of us might have been them years past who say there's a god who actually believe that there's a God, who might actually say that they're a Christian and have some head knowledge, but they're not hearing God's word, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you are going, you and I are going to walk by faith, not by sight, you cannot do that without hearing the word of God. There are so many people who think just because I have a knowledge of God, just because grandma went to church someday and dragged me there when I was a little kid, just because I understand that there might be a God that rules this universe, that makes me all set with God. God says, wait a second. Even if you are a committed servant of God, if you're not hearing my word, my voice, we got a problem. This is why, uh, here he goes, pastor's on it again. (laughs) Are you reading your Bible every day? Now, I don't, I don't want to show of hands, but if God says, listen, I got some problems here and we might have some blessings that are turned into curses if you're not hearing my word. Okay, I hear it once a week, pastor, when I sit in church and listen to you. Maybe twice a week because I'll sit in Sunday school. Hoo-hoo, aren't I awesome? Careful. I, I, this... I. I Sometimes we focus on God's love and his mercy and all his blessings and all the soft stuff and we shy away from when God puts his foot down. God says, listen, conditional. Number one, if you are not listening to me, if you're not hearing me, then the next part says, and taking it to heart. We talked about this in Sunday school. I'll mention it again. How many times do you know we were children or have children And you're talking to them and they're not listening. And you're saying the words out loud, but you know they're not sinking in. Okay. And then maybe the child is actually listening and you'll get them and say, okay, repeat what I just said. And they'll say it back to you, but you know it's not taken to heart. And that same thing that you've told them over and over and over and over, they're still not doing it because they've never taken it to heart. Now, as much as I'd like to throw our little children, little disobedient brats, under the bus, no. And we can all go, yeah, those rotten little kids. I wonder how many times you and I have had that same situation. Where God said something, maybe we were even hearing what he said, but we've never really taken it to heart. Now, with that thought in mind, God says, if you will not hear, if you will not lay it to your heart to give glory to my name, saith the Lord, I will even send a curse upon you. I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. I don't know about you, but that's one of the scariest Bible verses I've ever read. talking to committed servants of god saying if you're not listening if you're not putting it, taking it seriously what i'm saying i can turn your blessings into curse focus if we haven't paid attention to this this is exactly what's happening in the united states of america now i'm not going to spend a lot of time politically on this but for the longest time our country was thriving and being blessed of god because we were following God's commandments our country was based on those commandments and we're slowly sliding away from those and God is turning the blessings that we have into curse now uh, we'll, we can name a couple in a minute but just pick something okay keep going oh whoa stop don't keep going Not only living what you learn, remember how important we've talked about giving glory to his name. And we continuously, and I'm going to pound this until you yell at me to stop. Taking the Lord's name in vain is not cussing. That's what it has been qualified as. Taking the Lord's name in vain, and I said it the easiest way, is stolen valor. Where you pretend to be a soldier that served in the army and you wear the uniform and you walk around like you served in the 181st Airborne or something. And you did not. You are misrepresenting who you are. Taking the Lord's name in vain saying, I am one of Christ's. And you're not living like it. That is taking the name of the Lord in vain. He says the same thing to Israel. He said, you are my people. You are the sons of Israel. You are the chosen people. But you are not living like you belong to Jehovah. That is what he means here when he says, giving glory to his name. He says, you're out there, you're hearing me, but you're not laying it to heart. You're not living it in real life, and you are not acting like you belong to Jehovah God. That is taking the name of the Lord in vain. And I've used another illustration before. If you're married, and in our culture for years, for hundreds of years, and I still don't see that there's a problem with it, um, wives take the husband's last name. Why? To to display that there's a unity. Unity. Okay, that they are now one according to God's word. Well, if you take your spouse's name, but then you go out and act like you're not married, and you go out and play the harlot, you are taking that person's name, your spouse's name, in vain. Because you belong to somebody, but you're not acting like you belong to somebody. Do you get the picture? Like I said, I'm going to pound this until you're sick of it. So that every time you and I hear taking the name of the Lord in vain, we're not thinking about, oops, a word came out of my mouth that it shouldn't have said. That is the, the, the shallowest definition of that. What the true definition is, I am a Christian, I ought to be acting like a Christian. That's taking his name and displaying it correctly. Okay, now we can move on. The problem, not giving glory to God. Okay, that was their problem. You're my kids. You are the children of Israel. I'm talking to you. You say you're listening, but you're not living like it. He said, you're taking my name and you're not giving me the glory. Is this the way you represent me? Now, again, we don't have this in our culture so much, but uh, like the movie Mulan. You know the Mulan movie? How many of you know the Mulan movie? Okay or any movie about an Eastern culture, whether it's China, Japan, Korea, any of these other ones. As a matter of fact, Donna and Roger could tell you more about this probably than I could. How important honor on your family is. Okay. All I can hear is mushu. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. Dis- that is so important that what you do honors your family name. That is the whole point. God is saying, You are my family, you are my children, and you're not bringing me glory and honor. And you think I'm going to just keep giving you blessings? God's making this amazing point. That's what we were created for. Now, we talk about our job as believers is to go out and spread the gospel. We talk about our job as the church is to edify one another and and strengthen one another to go out and do the, the gospel. But everything in this universe was created to bring glory to God. Okay, that has never been disputed. That is a truth that is universal throughout God's word is we are created a number one to bring glory to God. That's why getting up here and singing and Letting God's praises fill our church and fill our minds and fill our voices is so important because the base. That someday I'm going to be in heaven. I'm not going to have to witness anymore. I'm not going to have to go door knocking or sit spread the gospel, am I? Are you? Not when we're in heaven, right? We're not going to have to meet as a church when we're in heaven because up 1030 we got to go sit and listen to Fisher preach. Not in heaven, but will we glorify God in heaven? Absolutely, that's why we're created. This entire universe is created for that purpose. And God's saying, "Listen, you've forgotten. you're my children. you belong to me, you ought to be giving glory to my name. And because you're not, I'm going to curse your blessings. Okay, look at this here. Uh, for Him, for him, through him and in him, or to him, are all things, every all. A L L, right? All things. Okay, to him be glory forever. So be it, Lord. Amen. Next verse, next slide. Isaiah, this people have I formed myself. They shall show forth my praise. That is what it is to be a child of God, whether it's the chosen people, Israel, or a born again Bible believing Christian. We fail to bring glory to his name and consequences come from it. And unfortunately, we got to talk about some consequences because that's what this p- chapter is all about. Keep going. Okay, often people don't, re- uh, don't reject God because they reject believers. You know, there's a lot of people I run into who think there's a God. Who, If you ask them if they'd like to get to know God, sure. You think they ask them, would you like God to bless you? Would you pray? A lot of these people say, Absolutely. The problem is they've had a sour taste in their mouth because they've run into somebody who calls themselves one of God's people but don't bring glory to his name. How many times have you and I heard, well, yeah, I've known a few Christians. They're just a bunch of hypocrites because they say one thing but they don't take it to heart. What we read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. You hear it but you're not observing to do all things. And we say, yeah, I love the banner of Christian in my life, but I'm not going to act like Christ. Too many people get turned off to Christianity not because there's something wrong with God, but there's something wrong with God's people. And God hates it. Keep going. If you will not lay it to heart, you hear my words, but it doesn't make a difference. Keep going. Oops, that was two. Titus. They profess that they know God, but in their works they deny Him. Being ab- abominable, disobedient in every good work, reprobate. Paul is calling this out. Saying, "Listen, there's a lot of people out there in this world who claim to know God, but they're not living like it. Their works deny them." Go to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Uh, chapter twenty eight I read that wrong deuteronomy chapter twenty eight for those of you who are in Sunday school, we read the first part of this. so if you want the blessing, if you want the uh, the sweet side of this story, read verses one through fourteen okay One through fourteen is awesome okay, one through fourteen says, you know it shall come to pass if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord and obey uh, to observe and do all his commandments. Uh, The Lord will set thee high above all nations on the earth. All blessings shall come upon thee. Those first 14 verses we looked at, fantastic. Verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if, there we go, conditional again, that will not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, "...which I command thee this day, then all these curses shall come upon thee, and overtake thee. Cursed shall be thou in the city, cursed shall thou be in the field, cursed shall be thy basket and thy store, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of sheep. Cursed shall be thee when thou comest in, cursed shall be when thou goest out." The Lord shall send upon thee curses and vexation and rebuke in all that thou settest thy hand to do until ye be destroyed, until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings wherein thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make pestilence cleave to thee until it consume thee from off the land whither thou goest to possess. How far do I want to go? 20. I'm, you know, go ahead. You want to pep talk? Read the rest of the chapter. But it's very important that we understand if you will not hear the commandments and commit to observe to do all those things, God says, I'm going to turn your blessings into curse. Oh, pastor, I came to church for an encouragement. Good, do what he told you to do and be happy. And don't you look at me, oh, this is such a bummer. I get a phrase for you, wait till your father gets home. We've lived our whole lives realizing if we do the things we're supposed to, I have learned with my children, and you can ask them, Lydia's the youngest, so she got the, the best part of it, because I learned all the other garbage with the other kids, the other two. Okay? I would walk into the room and say, this is the last time that happy dad is going to ask you to do this. The next dad that walks into this room is going to be grouchy dad. I am not in control of this situation. You are in control of this situation. If you do what you're being told, happy dad will be here the rest of the evening. But if you choose to do what you are not doing, then the next person who walks in here is grouchy dad. Okay? They had the ability to control the situation, not me. You see what we're saying with God? If we would just do what he has asked us to do, he will bless us. But the next one who walks through the door might be grouchy God. And he says, listen, I can turn your blessings into curses. You choose. That's the best part. This isn't necessarily a bummer. Just choose to do what dad's telling you. And things go smooth. And there'll be ice cream in the movies. Okay. He can curse your blessings. Instead of being blessed, God can turn prosperity into penalty. Boy, if that doesn't sound like child rearing. Man, things could be growing great, guys, if you're obedient. But as soon as you're disobedient, that can turn real quick into problems. Sometimes abundance can be a burden. Now, again, this is where I can get political. You know, we have amazing things in our world. Got the internet, got television, got all kinds You know what? Those can become a problem. They can become a curse. We have abundance of finances and all kinds of wonderful things in this world, and we can get so lazy. And so I'm jumping my notes. Keep going. I I want to stay with what got this in an order. Couple of quotes that I heard in this world. Pretty amazing. But when you talk about this, was written back in 1620 something. Okay. Adversity has slain her thousands but prosperity, her ten thousands. One of the things we talk about when missionaries come into this uh, country and we talk about Christianity and how we as Christians have become very comfortable in America. And we've forgotten what it's like to actually have to make any sort of real effort in our Christian walk. Another quote. Uh, This is just recently. I I don't know if you guys have seen this. This has been circulating around the internet, but I thought it fit as well. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. That's kind of right where we are right now. We have been in good times in America, and we're creating weak men, weak humans, weak people. And weak people are going to create hard times. It's not a walk in the park. God says, listen, if, if you're going to do what I'm asking you to do, I'll bless you. But if you're just going to get lazy and weak, don't expect everything to go smooth. Okay, keep going. We've become very comfortable. We have access to so much knowledge, Internet, TV, news, books. Some young people, may, ooh, I'm throwing stuff around. How much time do you spend on this thing? Now some of you don't have one and you're probably like, not much? Okay, it well, good for you. But I know some of us couldn't, couldn't put this down for a day. Compare that to how much time we spend in the book that God has written to us that if we would hear it and do it, he would bless us. But we spend so much time watching television, reading the newspaper, doing a hobby. And we've gotten so comfortable we forget to access the one thing that guarantees us that we can have God's blessings. If you hear it and then you do it, God will bless you. If you don't hear it and don't do it, guess what? I hold in my hand. The very key to blessings. Now, again, am I making that up? Or did you see it with me? Verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, If you hear my words and you commit to do them, I'll bless you. Verse 15, it says, If you don't hear my words and you don't do them, guess what? I'm going to curse you. That means the word of God that we're supposed to put into our mind is the key to blessing, isn't it? But we spend so much time doing other stuff and not spending any time in God's word. Now, again... I may be preaching to the choir. If you're like, Pastor, I do read every day. Get off my back. Okay, hallelujah for that. But we're getting to a point in America where Christianity is just... So go out and be an example to our Christian brothers and sisters and remind them that the blessing upon God's people hinges upon us hearing and doing what he's told us. What a privilege. Next one. We'll make great efforts to get to work. Hobbies, sports, various activities. But when it comes to church, and guys, you heard me say this before. You're sick of it, I know. You'll get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to be able to get to work by 8 o'clock. But pastor, it's... I just find it so hard to get here at 10.30 in the morning. Shut up. 6 five maybe six days a week you're up at six to go do something else but you got to drag yourself out of bed to be here at ten thirty. it's too much of an effort hmm. i don't think god means that much to us okay um you'll sit in the rain to watch your kid's soccer game but by golly if uh you know uh one little thing gets in the way of church you just whoop, whoop, no can't go man, what are we doing? We've gotten comfy. Keep going. We'll spend so much time, talent, money on so many temporary things with very little ministering on the things that are eternal. And we talked about this this morning, about when God gives us abundance, it isn't necessarily so that we can go, ooh, I got an extra hundred bucks this week. What can I spend it on? culturally the way god has designed it and most of the world's still doing it if you're in eastern culture is if you get extra blessings and abundance you spread it throughout your family and those people that you know have need you don't automatically say "Ooh, an extra hundred bucks god's teaching has always been if you get an extra hundred bucks that means probably somebody you know is missing a hundred bucks look around and see how you can bless somebody but you know what Ugh. By golly, i got, uh, I got my hobbies and my things that I love to do, and i got to need all that extra money. As a matter of fact, I'll go out and work two jobs so that I can get my fishing boat and my four-wheeler and my skidoo and all these other things. And by golly, now the wife and all the kids have got to get extra jobs so I can have all this money to do all this stuff that has very little to do with anything that is eternal. we gotten comfy. So many have suffered and died for the gospel of Christ. But Christians in America are comfortable. I still think of, and it it will be burned into my brain forever. We had gone to the Philippines and and thank the Lord we had been able to do a little seminar with about 40 preachers and stuff. And the day we were leaving was the day that that big, uh, uh, they don't call them hurricanes over there, typhoon over there came in. And the airport we were sitting in 12 hours earlier that he showed pictures of it, had three feet of water in it. And uh, that whole island in the Tacloban Air- Airport and that whole uh, Cebu Island, there were people who had three feet of water in their churches. But on Sunday morning, there were 40 or 50 people sitting on those plastic chairs with, from their knees down in the water, sitting in the church. This far from sitting down in the water. The chairs were this that high above. And some of them have walked an hour to get there. And they're sitting in the water. Good grief us if we have a toilet leak. Shut the church down. It smells like. uh, uh, I can't go. uh. Here's people who throughout history have died for the gospel. And we've gotten comfy. Now, again, I want to say America, not necessarily fair, but that's where I live, okay? I know in some other cultures, again, go talk to Donna and Roger. They can maybe, Korea is an amazing place. They send out probably more missionaries per capita than we do now. I mean, it's amazing the Christian impact that God has had in that country. But there are so many people around this world who make amazing efforts just to be with God's people every week. And we make amazing efforts to come up with an excuse why we don't go to church today. Pastor, you're really encouraging us. Thank you. Guys, sometimes we need to realize God is unhappy with certain behaviors. Okay? Uh, Keep going. I will corrupt your seed. He said your crops. We read this in Deuteronomy. He says, listen, I'll bless your, your cattle. I'll bless your fields. But if you're not, now there's a couple things we can look at this. One, Uh, We can grow anything in America. Now, again, remember I talked about he can turn your blessing into a curse? We live in the most prosperous country in the entire world. Yet, what do we eat? We can have some of the healthiest food in the world, but sometimes our population eats trash. We wonder why we're so unhealthy. God can turn a blessing of having the abundance we have into a curse and we can be some of the most unhealthy people yet having the access probably to the most abundant food sources in the world Hmm, sounds like a blessing might be a curse Uh, your family we're bringing up a generation that doesn't know god we have the most access to versions of the bible to commentaries to biblical teaching to churches on every corner and we have a generation that's coming out not knowing god sounds like a blessing might be turned into a curse we live in the information age anything and everything you want to know about the bible is available like never before i mean i love it i was just talking to friends and i just this thing here Turn it on, open my Bible, push play, and while I'm driving around in my car, I can listen to the entire First and 2 Timothy being read by somebody, James Earl Jones or whoever. Okay? We have access to things like we've never had. Yet sometimes these blessings become a curse. And I wonder if it's because God's people stop taking to heart what he said. And we're not living like we should. Okay. I didn't read these verses. I don't necessarily want to read these verses, but behold, I will corrupt your seed, verse 3, and spread dung upon your faces, even dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. Now, I wrote this down here. Hit the next one. These are God's words. I just want you to make sure. At this point... I'm kind of glad I'm not reading one from one of these new revised versions of the Bible because that's probably written a different way. God says, I'm going to spread dung on your face. You know what that means, don't you? This is is God saying this. Do you think God is serious? He said, this makes me so upset that I'm ready to smear something on your face. So that when you walk out in this world, that's what people see. I would rather have you representing that image than carry on like my people. What a comparison. Walk like you belong to me and take my name and give it glory. Or walk around with stuff smeared all over your face. Take your pick. Because that's what I think of what you are doing because you're not living for me I'd rather have you just walk around with that smeared all over your face now here's the last thing I'm going to drop because I can't handle anymore God says oh well it's the next phrase but look at this this is the world today but God is a God of love. Love, love, love. No matter what I am or what I do, no matter how I identify, no matter what lifestyle I want to live, no matter what I decide to do with myself, God just loves me because, you know, Jesus came to this earth and Jesus just preached love. Okay, I remember Jesus taking a whip and turning over tables in his house because he made it a house, a den of thieves. I remember Jesus calling out the religious leaders at the time and calling them whited sepulchers full of dead man's bones. You're all pretty on the outside, but when you look inside, you're a disgusting, rotting old corpse. God is serious, guys. Look what it says in verse two to 4 through 6. And we'll end with this, and we'll come back next week. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace. And I gave it to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and he did not turn away oh and excuse me, and he did turn away from iniquity. He said, "You know, I chose Levi, I gave him these commandments, I made him my priest, because he had a healthy fear of me, because he reverenced my name, because he wouldn't let." Corrupt communications come out of his mouth because he stayed away from iniquity. In other words, and we'll look at more of this next week, God says, Levi heard my words and he took it to heart and he represented and gave glory in my name like one of my children should. He had a healthy fear and I think sometimes We're missing a healthy fear of God. Boy, wait till your father gets home. And we go up in our room and start thinking about how disappointed dad's going to be and what the consequences are going to be of my behavior and start stuffing pillows down the backside. Because we know what's coming. Folks, there are times when preaching verse by verse through the Bible is not the easiest thing because we have to deal with verses that are serious, that are not easy, that aren't just about love and mercy and prayer and joy and singing and happiness. That sometimes we get to verses that talk about having a healthy fear of the Lord and representing His name like He deserves. And realizing that if we're not going to take it to heart and be serious about what we do in being Christians in this world, his priests today, that there can be some consequences that go with it. Now, what I love about God, and we continue to remind ourselves, we as believers, we don't worry about punishment anymore, but God can take blessings away. We talk about that every time we reward our kids for their work downstairs. That you don't have to worry about loss of salvation. You do not have to worry about God punishing your sin. But you do have to worry about your blessings being messed up. That as children, we, as parents, we bless our children and uh, God does the same thing. But if you're not going to represent his name, if you're not going to worry about family honor, then don't expect the blessings to flow the same way that they would. Now, I want to end with the idea, what i got written up here. Ah, here we go. The law of truth was in his mouth, iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity. He turned many away from their iniquity, and that's the next verse we'll look at next week. That is what God wants to see in us, his priests. You and I have the amazing privilege, and this is the whole point. I loved living with my mom and dad and my brother growing up. It was a great household. Okay, I am thankful that I came from a nuclear family. Okay, and that I had the benefits of that. That's awesome, but it didn't mean that everything was smooth sailing and everybody was. You know, there were sometimes some issues that had to get dealt with. There were children who had to obey rules of the house. When you and I have the privilege to be God's kids and we have access to all these blessings and our relationship with God our Father is so precious, why would we want to jeopardize that by deciding we're tired of listening and we just want to do our own thing? Never, ever, ever forget the blessing that it is to be one of God's kids. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I don't necessarily like preaching sermons that are about consequences of our behavior. But Lord, I know these things are conditional. Father, you told us if we would hear and listen and obey, that happy dad would be our relationship. But Father, at the same time, I know that uh, if we're not, that sometimes it might just be grumpy dad. And Lord, it's not about us having the blessings. Lord, that is not the point. So often we get ourselves caught up in what's in it for me. And we talked about that two weeks ago. That this is not a life where we're earning credits with you. Father, what this is about is representing you as our God. We are your children. We can glorify your name. We can bring you honor. But Father, that's not just from declaring Christ as over our life. Not just by using the word Christian. Father, it comes with hearing and obeying. It comes with representing you for who you are. So Father, in this world today, we know that there are those who are misrepresenting what a relationship with God really is. And Father, that Not that we need to go call them out. Let them do what they want. They're going to have to answer to you. We just need to be a louder voice. We just need to be a better example of what a true Christian really is. Someone who is not afraid to take the name of the Lord and not use it in vain. Father, please help us. Lord, we have an opportunity this next week as we go out into this world to glorify your name and represent you to everyone who sees us father thank you so much for the privilege lord i thank you for the opportunity we have family and friends and the other church coming up from swansea to spend some time in fellowship and games and food and all the things we're about to enjoy lord the privileges and blessings that we have from you just can't be numbered you're an awesome god father thank you so much in jesus name amen